0: Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture, with me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners. Hope you're doing well and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. I thought today I would give you more of a relaxed episode. I'm changing my plan a little bit because I'm recording this on a day where I'm still a little bit sick. I am currently in Tbilisi, Georgia, the country of Georgia, and it's a rainy, you know, slightly gloomy day today. So even though I've been kind of stuck inside for a week, too sick to really go out, I do have a beautiful view, which if I remember, I will show you what I can see at my window now. It's an amazing view, from my Airbnb and yeah there's worse places I could be stuck in sick right so it's not not the worst view so I'm in Georgia now I'm coming back to the UK soon and before Georgia I was in the USA for 3 weeks I'm doing a lot of travel this year and some people on you know Instagram have messaged me kind of like oh you know, it must be, you must be so rich to be able to travel. It must be so nice and uh, maybe a little bit grumpy. And I always kind of respond with, with two things. One is that, yes, I do acknowledge that I'm very lucky to be from a country that has a good passport, that is, you know, has a good economy that allows me to do this kind of stuff. So I, I feel so grateful for that. And I, I don't take it lightly. I do understand that. I think what some people don't understand is actually for many countries, depending on where you go, travel is cheaper than living in your country. I know for some of you or many of you, it will be you know much harder. It depends where you go, right? But for me, I can you know, travel to Georgia or other countries and even if I eat out every night, it's still much, much cheaper than living in London. So yeah, it's quite nice to travel, but also it's, it's a nice way to save money as well. So it's a kind of a two-sided coin, I suppose. But yeah, I won't be here for long. I, I'm starting to miss England a little bit now. I want to go back. And yeah, I thought today I could give you my review of the USA yeah, I'm going to review the whole country. Okay, maybe not quite. I only actually went to one place. There's a whole big country. And unlike most people, I'm not so interested in traveling to see everything. I'd really much prefer staying in one place for a few weeks and really getting to know that place as deeply as I can. So I stayed in Boston, Massachusetts. And one reason is because it's a very walkable city. One thing that I don't like about the US from what I've heard is that it's not so walkable. Like You need to have a car in many places. And what I love about Europe and European cities, or maybe most cities around the world, is that you can walk everywhere quite easily. And that's what I love about London. It's big, but you can walk everywhere, really. And Boston is somewhat similar. You know, it does have big roads, but they've made some big changes over the past few years to make it you know, better for pedestrians. And it's not a very big city either. It's quite small. So it's very possible to walk around most places. And there's also a uh, metro, you know, an underground train you can take if you do not want to walk. It's not quite as good as London, but it gets the job done. There's a good expression there. It gets the job done. That means it works. It's not brilliant. It's not perfect, but it works. It gets the job done. And now I did make a video on my main YouTube channel, which is simply called Level Up English, not the podcast channel. And I was walking around Boston, a little bit around Cambridge, you know, Harvard University, and a bit around the centre of our Boston. And I was talking about some differences that I noticed between American English and British English. And these aren't just these kind of simple differences that you hear all the time, like, ooh, cookie, biscuit, trousers, pants. We've heard them a million times, haven't we? I tried to find some things that were new, and I know they are probably new, because they were surprising for me as well like i didn't know many of these things before going to the usa so i can say that i had a huge culture shock going to america uh, i didn't expect it to be that big cuz you know of course my whole life and i'm sure you're the same i've seen you know the us on on tv shows and in movies and and stuff like that and i thought i kind of understood it quite well and I feel like we often make the mistake here of assuming that Americans and British people are so similar because we speak the same language. But I was surprised how many differences I noticed. I felt like quite an outsider there because of my accent, I guess, my culture, different cultural background. So I want to talk a bit about that today. Again, I recommend that video. If you want to see me walking around Boston talking about some of these differences, Check out that video. I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well, so you can tap down below on the podcast. But I want to kind of expand on that video a bit today and talk more casually about it, a bit more off the cuff. Off the cuff means unplanned, less preparation. Also, another reason I really wanted to go to Boston is because of the history. You know, I love history. I'm a bit of a history buff, I suppose. A history buff or a something buff is someone who is really interested in something. They, They know a lot about it and they're interested in it. If you're a history buff, then you're really into history. Now I don't think I know a lot about history, but I'm really fascinated by it. I love standing on places where I can imagine and feel that history around me. So for the first two days when I arrived in Boston, I was walking around like eyes open, jaw dropped, like, wow, this is amazing, like a, you know, a child in a candy store, right? And I I really had an amazing experience, like, it was so cool taking in all that experience, walking past people and just hearing them talking. I felt like I was in a movie or a video game, because from a British person's point of view, we have this association with the American accent, that it's kind of Hollywood actors or, you know, Grand Theft Auto video game characters or something like that. So when I was hearing people speaking, it sounded so like it was like they were acting. It was really weird at first. But it was it was it was interesting. I did have the expectation that people would be always talking about my accent being British because there's this belief that Americans love the British accent. I didn't have that at all. No one said they liked my accent, which was a shame. <laughs> But maybe I shouldn't be so self-centred. But that does lead on to one thing I noticed is that people are very, very chatty and friendly. And you can talk to people so easily. Even like crossing the street, I would just like chat to the people next to me. And it was very easy to do that. And if it were in the UK, it could work depending on what you said. But it might end up being a bit awkward. Like, "What? what? Why are you talking to me? What's going on? But I feel like in the USA, it was a bit easier. And from what I heard, the East Coast, like the Northeast area, New England, people there tend to be a bit colder than, say, people in the South of the USA. But even though they say that, I still think they were much warmer than people in England. Maybe it was because it was the summer, the autumn, maybe in the winter, people will be a bit more grumpy with all that snow. wherever I went, people would say, hi, how are you? Right? And I found this quite strange at first because, you know, maybe it's not so different from in England where you might say, hi, all right, all right, how's it going? Something like that. But I feel like in England, there tends to be more meaning behind it. Like if I said, how are you or how's it going to someone in England and they said, oh, I've had a crazy busy day. I've done all this stuff. I've been here. I've done this. Maybe that's not normal, but I wouldn't think it's weird. I kind of would, oh, okay, interesting. But I feel like in the USA, if you reply to their, how are you? It's very strange. If they say, how are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. I mean, I've had a tricky day. That would be really weird. And I kind of did that the first time I went there. And it, was a bit awkward. But I noticed people will say like, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? And you don't even have to reply. How are you was just like a greeting. So that's one thing I found really interesting in the USA. People always say that. And on one hand, it feels kind of friendly, people asking how I am, people taking an interest in me, um, stuff like that. I also have people giving me compliments too. I had strangers walking past me on the street, Saying that I had they like my tattoos or something like that, so that was strange. We would never do that in England, really. So that was nice but strange, and I think it's kind of a it's a it's hard to say which you prefer because when you first go, it seems that like everyone's much friendlier, but the counter argument is that it's a fake friendliness. It's not it's not genuine friendliness, right? And I heard this from people who had lived in the US for much longer than my three weeks. And people said it's much faker. It's not genuine. So if you go to a convenience store in the US, most of my experiences were great. People were friendly and chatty. People would make conversation with me. But I felt like as soon as I left, you know, like I paid and I walked away their faces would go like, yeah, and then just go back to serious again. And I kind of got the sense that their friendliness was forced. It wasn't quite genuine, right? And someone also said that maybe this could be because of the tipping culture, you know, because in the US, you have to tip on top of what you pay, which makes things very expensive. And You know, if people are friendly, they get more tips, perhaps, whereas in the UK, you don't really expect tips in the first place. So that could be related. But in some ways, I kind of miss the British way, where sometimes you have very friendly people, sometimes you have very grumpy people, and you don't know what you're going to get. It's going to be a mixed bag. But the benefit of that is if they are friendly, you know it's genuine, they're they're actually nice and they want to be nice to you and they're happy to talk with you, you know they're probably not faking it. And that's something I quite like about England is people are much more open about their feelings, which I I, I know it kind of sounds counter to what you may have heard in the past, but maybe this is more people who work in customer service, right? Like when I arrived back in London after my trip to America, I was getting the tube, the underground to Paddington, to central London, and I was so tired. I didn't have any sleep on the flight. So I was a bit confused and I asked one of the staff members on the platform, is this the right train to Paddington? And then she was like just on her phone. She finished her text. And then she looked up "Mm -hmm," and carried on texting. So it was really, it was incredibly rude. It was very rude. She didn't care about me at all. She finished her text before looking at me. It was quite shocking, actually. But in some ways, it's quite nice because she's not faking anything. That's, That's what she wants to do, right? So, well, there's that. I don't know. Which one do you prefer? Let me know. I'm not going to mention everything that I said in my other video. So at least you have a reason to watch that video, right? But one thing that I did not mention in the video is, it's kind of shocking to me, but this is, I saw a few pregnant people working and not just a little bit pregnant, but like heavily pregnant, like very pregnant, you know, maybe like eight months or something, like close to the end, Like she was very big. And I was quite taken aback by this and I had to think about it. And I wonder, I may be wrong, but I wonder if this is connected to the working culture and the the time off that people have there. So one thing I did learn when I was there from Americans who I spoke to was that generally Americans work a lot. And it depends where you go to, but I think in some cities like New York and Boston, people work a lot. There's a crazy work culture. And in most places in Europe and, you know, the UK included, we get quite a lot of time off for holidays every year. I think we can get about, you know, a month off, like 20 days minimum time off for holidays every year. So, you know, you have quite a lot of time to travel or to have a break, to go abroad, whatever you want to do in the UK. As far as I understand it, it's usually much less in the US. In fact, I've heard that there's no mandatory holiday leave that the employer has to give you. But I I hear that it's very often maybe one week or something like that. I've heard that from other people. So it's much shorter. Another factor is the cost of living is quite high. I found that things were very expensive in Boston. And I kind of assumed, well, maybe the salary is higher. So it kind of averages out. But from a lot of people I spoke to, I found out that many people have more than one job. I heard many people have two jobs. They're like, you know, they can be a waitress, but also something else on the side, you know, and they've got these two jobs and they're working all the time with no time off. And They cannot afford to take any time off, even if they are pregnant. So that was quite shocking to me. And in the UK, we actually have a maximum number of hours that someone can work in a week. I don't remember exactly what it is, but maybe it's illegal to work 80 hours a week. If your boss makes you do that, he is breaking the law. However, as far as I know, in America, they don't have this law. There's no maximum. So you can work as much as you want right? So there's many factors, but I got a really strong sense of the work culture there. And I've also heard from many Americans that they're not happy about it. It's not just me complaining, but I hear that is not a great situation. I also remember when I first went there, I stayed in kind of a Airbnb, very close to the airport because I just wanted to have a rest, have a sleep. I was very tired. And the first thing I noticed was how big the cars are. All the cars were so big, they were massive. These were cars that I've never seen before because they simply wouldn't fit on the roads in England. You know, they're too big for the roads here. So that was quite interesting, a little small culture shock, I suppose. And the more I stayed there, the more I kind of got this sense that people there do what they want. There's much more of this kind of sense of personal liberty which means people like to do what they want and they don't care so much about if it's bothering other people. That might sound rude, but that, that's the kind of sense that I got. I saw lots of that kind of stuff. In the way that people were driving there, I was quite shocked. I think in the UK, we're quite orderly drivers. You know, People tend to obey the rules quite well on the road. But in the US, I saw you know people taking up the entire road, people turning without using their indicators, the blinking lights and things like that and they didn't really care if they got in other people's way that was quite surprising to me and I wonder if that reflects the culture a bit of that liberty and freedom right this other one this is one that I mentioned in the video on my youtube channel too and yeah, okay maybe it's kind of a small thing but i found it really fascinating that i i never noticed this before but this is when people are ordering things every single person would say the same thing. They would say, can I get? Can I get a small coffee, please? Can I get this one, please? You know, They would all say the same thing. In England, I would always say, can I have rather than can I get? This is such a small difference and maybe for some of you it seems very insignificant. But for me, it seems quite a big deal, I suppose, because get to me feels a bit it's slightly less polite. I don't know. I don't know why, but I think have feels more polite than get. Right? If you have your haircut by someone, it sounds better than I get my haircut. Get is slightly more forceful, very slightly. So, can I get a coffee? I don't. Know, I, I just wouldn't say that, person. I tried it. I, tr- I. I want you know. I wanted to fit in. I tried it, and it just felt a bit weird. So, can I have a coffee? I usually would say. And another one that I heard a lot was people saying, I'm going to go for this one or I'm going for this one, which is a really, is a good structure to use for learners. It's a way to say something with strong certainty, right? I am going to go for this one. I'm going to go for this one. When you're making a choice, you can use that phrase. But it's, it's really certain, like, this is definitely going to happen. That's a feeling that I get from that. So I found that quite shocking because it, to me it's not so polite. You know, it's like they have the assumption that there's going to be no problems. Like, I am going to go for this one and there's nothing you can do to stop me. You know, it kind of has that kind of feeling. And of course there's going to be no problem. If you're paying for a coffee, yeah, of course you can have it. They're not going to say no, but I feel like at least in British culture, we have this kind of sense of asking, asking more indirectly because it there's a, maybe there's a small chance it might not be okay. So one example of this is rather than saying, I'm just going to use the bathroom. You know, Americans would call it a bathroom or a restroom, whereas we call it a toilet Oh, loo in the UK, um, but rather than saying, I'm going to use the bathroom in the UK, we might just say, would it be okay if I used your bathroom? Would it, would it be okay if I popped to the toilet? So we say, would it be okay? We're asking as a question. And of course it's going to be okay because they're not going to make you, you know, wet yourself, right? But we still ask as if it's a question. So I think that's one important difference here. And again, I don't think it's something that you learners have to worry about. Whatever you say, it's going to be fine. You're not going to offend anyone. It's going to be totally fine, understandable. But I think especially when you get to more advanced levels, it's very interesting to hear these differences, right? And maybe the, the most important thing here is the reflection of the culture behind it. Like, What do these differences say about the culture? So I guess if you're listening to this podcast, either you don't care or you're trying to go for a more British accent and you're focusing on the British accent. If that's the case, then maybe you could consider being a bit more indirect rather than saying you will do something like go to the bathroom. You can ask for permission, even if it's okay. Even if you know they're going to say yes, permission is always polite to ask for. But anyway, I think I'll leave it there for now. I can't think of any other differences right now, but I'm sure there were many more. But yeah, I mean, this episode was kind of in the same kind of feeling as my private episodes. You know, I do a private episode every Friday where I talk much more openly and casually. And this episode felt a bit like that. So if you liked this episode, then you might like the Friday ones as well, because I just talk like this. There isn't really much plan. I just talk without editing myself too much or at all, actually. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Let me go to a couple podcast reviews now. Today, we have a China sandwich, which means we've got China, Egypt and China as the reviews we got today. The first one is all in Chinese. And basically, they said, I really like the British pronunciation, something like that. Um, I'm not quite sure what your name is. Something about Small Duck, maybe? But thank you very much for your review. Sorry, I can't really read your name, but thank you so much. I have another one from Egypt, as I said, from Amgoda, who just says, I love his episode, really. Thank you very much. Simple review, but I appreciate it. One more here from China again, from Dear Hannah, who says something in Chinese, which I'm I'm a bit reluctant to read it, but if you've been kind enough to leave a review, I guess the least I could do is read it. I'll give it my best try. Something like that. Don't judge me too much because I'm sick. But like I said, that means the pronunciation and the speed of talking is suitable for me. Right, that's, that's nice to hear. I'm glad that it's a good level for you, dear Hannah. And thank you very much for any other reviews you leave, guys. Appreciate it. But I will either see you on Friday for a private episode or I will see you next Wednesday for some fun. New episode next Wednesday. So thank you very much and I'll see you then. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school podcast and I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.